recording yet because Amanda just barely got on. <laughs> you should know that whenever I get on, it's deserving of being recorded. It's cause... true. Game day. <laughs> or Google jetpack wedding. Um, and then you'll see me and my husband on our wedding day. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. We're now best friends. <laughs> there we go. Cool. Yep. This is the messy back end, where experts share customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on behind the beautifully branded front end of entrepreneurship. This is where most businesses fail. So we're here to help you save time. Welcome. Make Thank money. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. With COVID changing the world and making events more online than offline, Many entrepreneurs found this tough conversation has cost them a lot of money. Conversion rates are harder virtually than they are in person. While virtual events have become the new norm in business and life, it's time to get the money flowing again in the new normal. Joe Schwinger said it best when he said, it is essential that with the ever-changing events industry, we as event professionals commit ourselves to continued growth, being on the forefront of event technology, and delighting attendee experience. On our expert segment today, we're going to be speaking with Amanda Engler. Amanda loves helping event professionals work with their dream clients and get paid what they're worth without working insane hours. Many event professionals today have removed burnout from their lives and become more financially free thanks to Amanda and her online programs. Today, as a fearless leader of a thriving community of hundreds of event professionals, Amanda is passionate about showing others how to make the shift from event planner to entrepreneur. Amanda also works one-on-one with motivated event professionals who want to scale their businesses fast. And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. As an added bonus to the messy backend exposed, our expert, Amanda, will not only share her experience, expertise, and the tools she suggests to get your back end cleaned up, but she will also expose how to get out of the burnout and into financial success. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy back end and you would like to submit your story or question, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Messy Backend, brought to you by our digital marketing agency, Lock and Load Marketing, where if it tires you out, you can hire it out. We wanted to take a minute and stop and thank you for being such great listeners. Seriously, we can't do this without you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us these last two years. We've loved sharing our expert guests, our stories, our experiences, our embarrassing, messy backend bloopers with you. We've just loved everything about this podcast. And if you love the show as much as we do, we want to hear from you. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or email us at hello at themessybackend.com. Who knows? Soon we may just have cool branded swag to give out to our top fans. 
That's going to be super cool. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. You can find all of those links at themessybackend.com slash subscribe. So never miss an episode because they're pretty fun. Then check us out on Facebook and YouTube for video episodes. Now on to our expert, Amanda Engler, for her expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. Today, we have a messy backend question submitted by one of our listeners. They say, I'm finding that virtual events don't have the same effect on my prospective customers as live events. How can I help my virtual events be more effective and make more money? This is such a good question. I love fielding this question all the time with my potential clients because generally they come to me after they've tried to do it on their own solo. And a lot of people think that I can plan a face-to-face event or I can plan a virtual event and then they get in it and they're like, holy smokes, like this is just a lot of details and planning. Um, And my answer to that is you really have to be clear on the intention of your event. And a lot of people come to me at a point when they're like, I want to host this event and I want to provide all of this education and make it really impactful for my audience. Um, and so there's a lot, there's a ton of gray area there, right? Um, and so right. I boil it down to two types of events. There's a virtual summit and then there's a three-day live virtual event where you're actually live um, and there's no pre-recordings and it's just like you have to actually show up um, to get the content. And there's not millions of speakers, right? Virtual summits, there's tons and tons of speakers, like 50 plus on average. Uh, but a three-day live virtual event um, is scaled back and more intentional and with both of those different types of event comes different goals. And once you get really clear on your goals, you can execute properly and make sure that, like you said, you're getting that return on your investment for, and your time, because it takes a lot of time um, to pull off a really successful virtual event. Yeah, it does. So I'm wondering though, like I, you, you explained like the difference between a summit and a virtual event like the summit is pre-recorded typically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pro- I'm participating in one in a couple of weeks, and so it's usually pre-recorded. Which one do you find is actually the most effective as far as conversion is concerned? Like, do people really last through those fifty speakers, or is it better to do a three-day live where people are like, "I have to be there, or I'm going to miss it"? You know, which one do you think is more, you know, better converting? Right, um, definitely a three-day live virtual event and they don't have to be three days there's some flexibility in there Um, but with a summit like really the goal of your virtual summit should be to grow your visibility grow your authority and grow your email list like you will have some conversions but with 50 speakers it becomes really overwhelming and virtual summits are generally free how many free things have you guys signed up for and just never done anything with at least one or two a day. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And so the three-day live virtual event, again, you have some play with that, but you charge people. And when people pay, they play. They like show up and they're intentional about it. Right. Yeah. In in my mind, I feel like the, you know, the, okay, I'm just making sure that I've got the terms correct. The summit is the 
the pre-recorded it's it's the big one right like yeah. i'm almost thinking of like it's a summit you need a big team to accomplish something like that like i see a summit of like okay adobe has the summit and they've got 50 different creatives speaking and teaching and everything and you kind of just want to show up for your one or two people that you follow and so now i'm on adobe's email list because i attended that summit because it was a photographer that i was interested in who was speaking um yes. whereas the the other version the three-day you know live events what were you calling it a live a three-day live virtual event i mean okay yeah okay so the three-day live event that is, seems like it's more like a almost like a class right? It's like, this is a three-day course or a three-day class where you're going to go in. There's probably going to be more engagement as well. Because you, like you said, smaller class sizes, you can raise your hand, ask questions. It's not just 50,000 people from around the world streaming in at once, right? Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah. it's that difference. That summit is like, oh, that's, that's big. That's a large pinnacle. And it requires a team to hike Mount Everest. At least that's yeah. what I've been told. And all the movies I've watched haven't done it yet. <laughs> That's a super good point. So with, I would argue you need a team for both. And with a three-day live virtual event, you're really creating this journey of transformation for attendees, like the quality of content that you're putting out. Like you said, it's more educational. It's higher value because they're paying, right? So they should walk away with some tangible facts or knowledge, a workbook. But again, to your point, there's a lot more engagement and you're creating the story arc for these people who they were before and who they're going to be afterwards. You're providing solutions rather than just a bucket of knowledge of here you go, go do this, but it's actionable steps, you know, so that you can come out of that three-day event having gained your ROI. As, yes. as the, the customer, you know, your, or the learner. So, and, okay. To your point on ROI, with a three-day live virtual event, um, you are generally pitching a high-ticket offer at the end. So you are, you know, creating this um, space for people to have these transformations and bond to the MC, the speaker, and you're gearing them up to buy from you at the end. Okay. So it's it's kind of like I'm, – I'm just trying to wrap my head around this a little bit more. It's kind of like uh, you can't just, like, go in right for the kill. You know, you got to date the person first. You got to, you know, sweet talk them, take them out to coffee, whatever. You go, hey, look, for the three days they fall in love with you, and then you just go do something wild like a, a jetpack wedding or something like that, right? Like that's just <laughs> the type of thing that you would do. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Got to play it cool. <laughs> yeah. Just, just play it cool and casual and win them over with your charm. Okay. I like that. I think a lot of people forget that part though, Nate. I think that a lot of people go into these thinking I'm going to go speak. They're going to love me in the, you know, 15 to 45 minutes that I have. And then they're just going to buy like my biggest ticket item, but you really do have to build that relationship. I found that a lot of people who are on, summits or events, they go and they talk for 15 to 45 minutes about why you should have the item that they're selling. And I personally think that the reason that my conversion rates are higher is because I go in and I tell them exactly how to do what they would be hiring me to do. 
So for me, that gives me a better um, feeling for the audience as well. If they can't afford me, they'll have the steps they need. If they can't afford me, they know I know what I'm doing. And so then they know what they're going to be getting. And so I would, what do you think about like what the presentation should be as far for that's what works for me, but what would be a good presentation type for someone? And let's go with the, both the summit as well as the uh, three-day event. You know, what would be your approach on the presentation? Sure. So with a virtual summit, what I have seen that works, you have to think about input versus impact. That's like what my coach says, and I love it. And I think it's a really applicable in this situation. Um, I've seen a lot of speakers and um, coaches just pull a piece out of their course or their signature program and use that inside the virtual summit. So they're not, because it's all pre-recorded, right? So they're not actually having to create new content and um, they're reaching new people with something that they might not have seen, which I think is really smart. Um, But if you were to do a virtual summit and you're speaking on something, I would say um, that definitely, to your point, Sheila, I, I would put them in two different categories. So I would teach the what, not the how in the virtual summit, because again, it's free. It's just that value that's on that. I'm not saying that they should get any less. It's just your input versus impact, right? And then in a virtual um, three-day live event, you would do like what you said, the how. And that's so incredible. I love your perspective on that, Sheila, because not everybody's going to go out and be able to implement the things. And so when you're giving them the how, they're like, again, you're building that authority. You're building that know, like, and trust. And they're going to be like, Sheila's my girl. There's no way they'll look at it and be like, there's no way I can actually go out and do this. So I'm going to hire her. Everyone always wants to hire Sheila, by the way, after she like pitches like that, like it really doesn't feel like a pitch. She's like, Hey, this is what you need to go do. And they go, okay. And some people go, I, I could probably figure this out. And a lot of people go, I have no idea how to do this, but clearly she does. So just shut up and take my money. So, and that's what <laughs> we want. All of our clients she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah, she does. And not everybody, but I do find that when I go to an event and all I hear is, you know, here's this thing, like, let's, let's take you, Amanda, like you help people with their virtual events and you go in and you say, you need to have virtual events and here's why. And you spend 45 minutes telling me why I need to have virtual events. When the whole reason I went to that is because I already know I need to have virtual events. And so I sometimes just feel completely empty when I leave, like, they just told me everything I already know. What I want to know is, you know, like you said, take a piece out of that course, something that I can do and leave with some actionable step. You know, whenever I leave something, a summit or an event, I want to have felt a change within myself. And so for me, when I do the presentation, I try and, you know, the first question I ask, what change do I want them to experience during my presentation? Or, you know, can they walk away with that? And so um, that's just kind of the strategy. I'm like, I just, you know, treat others like you would like to be treated kind of class, you know what I mean? And so um, as far as like planning it and strategizing it, so I, I have planned online events and offline events. I am not a planner when it comes to events. I, I would rather do bookkeeping. Does that tell you how much I, I hate doing events? Because I know all of the steps. I've helped other people do it. I started out as a virtual assistant, so I've helped other people. I've done them myself don't like it. 
what would you be your, you know, tips as far as like, what are you looking for as far as planning? Like, give us just kind of a down and dirty, how do you plan one of these things? Um, yeah, where do you start? Have it be effective. Yeah. So I like to consider, I start with my audience, like my ideal client, like where can we connect that's the most convenient for them? The least barrier of entry. And I think a lot of people feel just like when you're planning a face-to-face event, a lot of people feel like, oh my gosh, I have to find a venue right away. And so when they go to a virtual format, that's exact. They think they need a virtual platform, a virtual event platform to house this. And honestly, virtual event platforms, they're really not that great. It's something new for your attendees to learn. I mean, there are some with, and again, back to your goals and purpose and all of that. Um, There are some with some redeeming values, but really is it, is it worth the cost? Will your attendees still be able to get in? And are you able to have the experience you want with them? Because a lot of times it's just a webinar and that works for some events. Some events it doesn't. No, you're absolutely right. I think one of the best uh, events that I've attended over the whole COVID 2020, you know, where we started doing virtual events was just in a Facebook live like that's really what it was. And obviously with a Facebook Live, we couldn't all, you know, jump on and introduce ourselves over video. But they say, hey, do you have any questions? Put it in the chat. You put it in the chat. And then their assistant would reach out and message you directly. Because this is before they had like group chatting and that type of thing. They're just like, no, it's just. But they were able to work around the technology that everyone was already used to. Like, yeah. like you were saying, it's just we all know how to join a Facebook Live. We've been doing that for a couple of years now. Whereas if they were like, hey, let's do a Zoom or let's do this. And people didn't know how to do that at, in April of last year. But people still knew how to do Facebook. So they were probably listening to you. You were probably, you know, set it all up for them. So what would be your next step then? You know, if you're saying, okay, it doesn't really matter the platform. You don't need to go search out for the venue right away. But think about the audience think about what they need. How do you start? So obviously you don't need the venue. The venue, when I'm ever throwing like real life events, like big parties, I'm like, it's at this place. Everyone wants to go. I use it in my marketing, but obviously virtual events don't matter. I'm using Zoom. You guys, Zoom's the best. Come on over to Zoom. Like nobody cares, right? Um, so how do you how do you present it? How do you market yourself that way? Sure, yeah. Um, so again, the number, so you're, you're considering your audience, you're kind of formatting the schedule, like what that's going to look like, uh, where you're going to be. Then the next thing I really consider is, um, what is the journey that you want your attendees to go on? Right. Um, so once you have a really clear journey, then you can start marketing the events as X, like show up in, um, sell with email, right? Sell with email live and you're going to become your, and I'm just speaking because I have a client that's doing this, like show up and you're going to become your own best copywriter. So you can connect with your audience, nurture and sell, sell to them all in once. And it doesn't feel sleazy or salesy. So then you have something to speak to them about, right? Like you've kind of mapped out what you want it to look like and feel like, and now you're building like that, transformation like you're going to go from not being able to talk to people to being able to talk to them really effectively and 
authentically and, um, and sell. So you can ultimately create more impact, right? Yeah. So first you're going to figure out who your audience is, and then you're going to figure out your messaging. And when you know your messaging, then you're going to be able to translate that into um, which type of speakers do I want to have? And what is my message going to be to get people to sign up for it? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So then once you know those kind of things, what else can you do? And is there kind of a trick? I'm jumping around here, I know, but is there a trick to keep that engagement up? I actually had a live speaker reach out to me once and he's, he charges $10,000 to go speak. And he reached out to me and he said, how can I convert virtually? Because I know how to do it in person and I don't know how to do it virtually. And so he actually asked me, what are the tips and tricks to convert virtually and so um, it is very different when you can't see the audience, if you can't see them falling asleep, if you can't see them not paying attention, if you can't feel their energy, if they can't feel your energy, what other options do you have to really keep people engaged and get them active in the presentations? Yeah. So, you know, there's kind of two strategies and it depends on the event host, right? Like if they're going to allow you to go into the community beforehand. I really recommend building out a community outside of wherever the actual event is so people can go hang out, talk about what they just learned and kind of like additional networking. So like a pop-up Facebook group for the event is great. If I were the speaker, I'd be like going in there, talking to people, connecting with people, giving them teasers if you're allowed to about what you're going to be talking about. So you're leading them into it. And then when you're in speaking. I mean, there's tons of speaker tips that you can use, but really it's um, coming down to getting, if if you can't see them, like I prefer if I'm doing a three-day live virtual event to use actually just Zoom meeting. And then you have someone managing the attendees. So they're all on silent, right? And you can see them. So you can really see them. But if you don't have that and you're just doing a webinar to like thousands of people and you want to convert more, you really want to be asking their permission like every step of the way. Like, hey, are you guys excited? Are you ready to dive in? Okay, great. Like, show me some hands. Like, you have them using the platform that you're in to engage with you so you can see they're there, what they're doing, and if they're engaged. Yeah, some of the, the best ones that I've attended where it's like that. It's not in the Zoom meeting. You know, we can't see their faces and everything, but they're just asking for engagement in the chat. The first things that you do is like, hey, we're doing a sound check. Like before we start, and you do a couple minutes of a sound check. You're like, give me hand raises. Tell me where you're from. Introduce yourselves. I want to make sure if you can hear me right now, tell me where you're from and what you're most excited about learning this week. You know, that type of thing. So then you start seeing all these people in the chat and like for me, I love it because if I'm in there and I'm like, oh, look, there's somebody else from Arizona. It's this worldwide thing. You're like, oh, cool. Hey, we're buddies. And so we start engaging. And so it's getting engagement in the chat. And just like like strategies that we used to have on stage of, you know, every I'd say every 90 seconds to 110 seconds, all the experts will ask for audience engagement. That's just yeah. my personal research study, you know, because that's what I do at conferences is I study the speakers. Um, but you'll ask for engagements like, hey, who agrees with this? You know, raise your hand. You know, hey, who, give me, give me an amen. Give me a high five. Like high five the person next to you. But you got to keep them engaged. And it's the same thing, I think, uh, essentially over Zoom or digitally. You just have to ask the questions a little bit differently. But you still have to engage. 
right? Like, yeah, yeah. Or maybe even more so. It's probably more so because people get distracted a lot easier when you're sitting at home and we got kids running around you. And I was just going to say, like, I think it's more important when you're at home because like they're checking the laundry and they're doing the dishes mm-hmm. and they're, you know, their kids are in the room and everything else. I would think that the engagement is, you want them to be engaged, I think for the, for the selling, but also so that they feel like they have accomplished something. I like your idea, Nate, though, about the sound check, because when you do that, you give them permission to uh, post a comment or raise their hand. And that teaches them how to it, like practice for when you mm-hmm. ask them later and they know where it is and how it's working. And, you know, is everybody going to see it or is one person going to see it? And am I here alone? Am I the only one watching this? <laughs> like that, right. Be the worst, right. Cause actually some people, when they do their events, they don't show all the comments that everybody is making. You only see your own to me. That makes me feel like I am the only one in the room and I don't feel the energy from that at all. I think you need to see that there's a thousand people there. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then um, my other tip would be to, for any speaker wanting to really convert, really telling a story that gives the information opposed to just like, here's my slides. I mean, definitely use slides if that is like applicable and good and important, but um, telling that story while you're giving the information and interlaying the questions with the story. Like, have you guys ever had like, okay, for in this example, have you guys ever like sat through a boring uh, virtual event and you guys were just like, this is awful. And raise me, you raise your hands. Okay. So this isn't going to be like that. And then you set the tone and you get them like excited. Okay. Like, cool. Not just another boring speaker on a virtual event. Yeah, Love that's it. Cool. Yeah. No, and that that is great because we do, we have been conditioned a little bit to understand that a lot of your virtual events can be boring because a lot of people aren't great at it. (laughs) So just like we've been to conferences that are boring, you know, it's the same sort of thing. So it's not, you know, harking on the digital events side of things. It's just sometimes they're boring, but we have to set that example from the beginning, kind of like what we did right before the, right at the beginning of this podcast, before we started recording uh audience this is more for you right now but you know we jump on we start telling jokes literally i think the first words out of my mouth were kind of jokes and she was like why weren't we recording this I'm like you should have known but it's because we like having conversation there are too many podcasts out there that are boring and we don't want to be a boring podcast and so we set that expectation from the beginning i gave amanda permission to laugh and engage and have fun and now she's just laughing at me, but that's okay. So no. that's also what you gave her permission to do. Just to I did. Sure. I absolutely gave her permission <laughs> to laugh with me and laugh at me. So uh, I think that's the only way to have fun is to laugh at yourself along with everybody else. But I wonder, you did mention slides, Amanda, and I, I do like using slides for me. Slides keep me on track. And I think that they sometimes keep the, the uh, listeners on track too, if they happen to you know, fade off. Like if you ask a question, they fade off and they're thinking about something else. And then they come back and they're like, shoot, what did I miss? It's on the slide. But also like I've been on webinars in the past where they never showed the actual person who was talking. All I saw was a slide. And for me, that was super impersonal. And also sometimes the slides are just like a wall of words. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to using slides or video and, or, you know, what is kind of your recommendation for either event planners or people who are trying to plan their own events? What do you recommend? I mean, we even record this podcast 
so that we can see each other because you can have a better communication with each other when you can see like Nate's busting up laughing over there. I'm going to give him a minute to calm down before I keep going. Sure. Yeah. I think slides are great to your point, like people's attention spans, especially being at home. Like right now my daughter is sleeping upstairs. So she may like come down any minute. You'll hear down the stairs, slide her little butt down. Um, But having slides is good. You may, I don't, I think only in a course or like a mini course at best, is it okay to have just slides in someone's voice? Well, to your point, it's like not engaging. It feels very weird and disconnected. It's like, I don't even, you know, you lose track of who you're even listening to. Um, Also taking into account different learning styles. Like you want the people to walk away, the attendees to walk away with actual knowledge you're going to have to incorporate a few different elements. And in terms of like the plan, who's ever planning the event and the look and the feel, sometimes you can give speakers branded slides. And I think that looks really nice for cohesiveness throughout the event. Um, But if you want their presentation to be different and everyone to be different, that might not be a good fit for you. I like it. So what, what would you do after the event to maybe keep people engaged, especially like those summits when there's 50 people, what, what would be your kind of follow-up to that? And I know I've been to events before and I left and I literally never heard another word from the people at the event. And it always surprises me because I'm like, well, I, I felt really connected with them. And then when you walk away, it's like, they just forgot about you and moved on to the next person. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Such huge missed opportunities. And so I'm, I worked 11 years in hospitality, the face-to-face uh, events world. I was a conference service manager at a premier resort property here in uh, Northern Michigan. And so all of the time there were just all of these missed opportunities. So when I, but so I've been planning virtual events before they were necessary. <laughs> and um, one thing that I took away from those experiences when I went out to do my own thing was that you always want to let them know when the next thing is happening, where they need to be afterwards, so they don't lose the momentum. People after an event lose so much momentum. It's actually like a thing. I forget the name that this happens to attendees, but it's like they they go home and it's just like they're on this adrenaline and they just deflate afterwards. So to keep, you know, your attendees just moving forward with whatever actionable steps you have for them, you really, that's why it's so important to build that community outside of the event before, during, and after. So either if it's your high ticket offer or like just join the large Facebook community, that's the free community or an email sequence afterwards, like you need to let them know what's coming next, where they should be and keep their momentum going. I actually went to an event, like, um, I guess it's been like 2014 or so. I went to this event and they put all of us who were live at the event were in a Facebook group together and we became really good friends. Like I'm still friends with those same people, even though that group has now ended. And when we all went home, we all knew that that was a place we could still connect with each other. And so you call that like a pop-up group because it's just one, right? That's just for that event. It lasts for a certain amount of time and then it ends and, it, you know, at some point. But um, yeah, I think that's a great idea. That's to stay in touch with the people at the event, not just the speakers, but with everybody 
and build that network of people that you can trust and yeah. talk to about like, hey, at the event, somebody said X, Y, Z, I can't find it. What was it? And for somebody to come back and say, oh, yeah, I remember that. And they tell you about it. Um, that seems to be a great way to stay connected. I like that. And then you're going to be able to be the moderator and go in and look at that, you know, that group, the people participating. You don't have to go in and answer every single question. But when somebody goes, hey, do you remember this or whatever? And somebody else replies X, Y, Z, you could then go in and go, yeah. And by the way, if you want more information, here's my course on that or here's my ebook or whatever it is. And you can say, yep, this is what I talked about. Remember, well, that's only one chapter of this entire book you know, yeah. go in and buy it. And that way you can follow up and say, Hey, yep, here's the solution. Uh, but here's the, the ultra solution, you know, kind of like what we were talking about before. Maybe it's a great way even to make sure that you did a good job doing the event. You did a good job presenting or you kind of missed your mark because nobody's talking. It might be a good way to get testimonials as well. Those are tough to get. We should talk about that. Like, how do you get people to say, man, this event was awesome and we want you to come and join for day two or, you know, whatever. Like, you definitely want these people to become your fans, not just your customers, right? You can build fans without them spending a dime and they can go out and promote you. You've got a thousand people promoting you. Even if only one of them bought from you, that's a thousand people promoting to 10 people, leads you to 10,000 people, you know, right off the bat. Right. Yeah. For sure. I think that's so important. And there's always like fun things you can do. Like as soon as you sign up, you get this filter and you get to say that you're going to, you know, triple X live. And this is like the filter you put on and like make it like an exclusivity. Like I love using FOMO in the event space because I think it's so applicable for just showing up to the event, to promoting the event, for after the event. Like there's so many little nuances that you can really play into and have a lot of fun with. I love that. No, you're right. Like we can still use FOMO in that sort of thing. Like, and depending on how far out the event is, you know, you can even send them swag still, you know, like, hey, you might not be showing up in person, but like, here's a hat, here's a hoodie, whatever, here's, you know, your workbook, uh, go take photos, post it on your Instagram, use this hashtag, you know, tell people about it, go out and spread the word. Like we did that for a virtual event last year. Uh, so like I was helping run the event, but yeah, we still sent out the swag cause it was the first time in like 20 years that we didn't have an in-person, you know, conference. Uh, and we did it all over zoom and it was, not, I wouldn't say it wasn't as big as it normally is, but it was still a success. Those who showed up had a blast. They loved it. They were like, can't wait till next year. So. Yeah. And I think mailing stuff to people is super great idea because people, first off, you never get anything in the mail anymore. And if you do, it's usually just a bill or an advertisement from a realtor, but you sending them something that they can like put a sticker on their car or on their computer or um, something like that, even just a, a handwritten thank you note, you know, super cheap way to let people know that you, you recognize that they were paying attention or whatever. I think that's a great idea. I've got yeah. great ideas every once in a while. Just, sometimes. just saying sometimes. Um, it's your point, Nate, like that is one of the main strategies that I use to really add activation to those three day live virtual events. You wouldn't do it in a virtual summit because of capacity issues and you really want people to sign up until the day of, right? 
But when you're sending out this custom box, like one, if you include the workbook and you include like a schedule of events, they're going to put it on their refrigerator and they're going to remember, they're going to time block it on the calendar. They're going to show up. It really include in uh, increases show up rates. And then inside the box isn't just like, swag items but like strategically placed items that you're going to use throughout the event okay now like get this out and we're going to work in this or like um i've heard of people using like different size note pads because that's how the speaker or the host mc works within their trainings and that's how they get the message across that they're trying to teach there's like so many fun things that you can put in a box to make it really fun and i work with a bunch of different vendors um or preferred partners to really have that developed like augmented reality on the back of a box you like put your phone up to it and you get to see like these I don't know like augmented reality I think one of the most common ones is like if you go to Wayfair and you see you can like put all of your uh different you know furniture in the room well like in this augmented reality you could put like the host doing a funny little dance like in the box and you're supposed to do it at a certain point in the like there's so much fun stuff that you can do well that is awesome i've never thought about augmented reality like qr code type of thing oh that's brilliant awesome stolen yeah well then that's a good way also to get them to sign up for stuff super simple grab your phone scan this instead of having them type in something that chances are somebody is going to misspell or can you give me that again or can you give me this like okay on side one of the box you're going to get amanda's thing and on side two of the box you're going to get nate's thing and um and kind of have that you know in a cool box that they're going to keep forever and not have to go back and look for it. So cool. Amanda, I think that this, everything that you've given us has been tremendous for anyone who's planning events of their own, or if they're doing it for other people, super great information. So thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Yes. Thank you for having me guys. You're, I love listening to your podcast and you just have such great banter back and forth. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming and joining us and joining us in our banter. Um, you know, if, if, people were listening today and they go, you know what, Amanda's got some great advice. I just can't do it on my own. And they want to find out more about your services and what you can offer. Where can they find you? Yeah. So the best way really is just to email me at this point. It's Amanda at Amanda V Engler, LLC.com. But I do have a course for any service providers that are wanting to niche down to provide uh, planning services for virtual events and that's um, virtualeventsunlock.com awesome wonderful well thank you for being here with us today thank you for having me thanks for listening to today's episode of the messy back end we know we know you can't get enough of us so have us on your podcast or have us speak at your next event Visit themessybackend.com slash speaking and send us your event details. It's true. We love speaking. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Yes, Women's Network, where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams. Find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com. Also, our advertiser, PodServe FM. We couldn't do it without them. They get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. Visit them at podserve.fm slash messy to find out more. And a thank you to our advertiser, Thrivecart. They are the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells, and affiliate campaigns. 
Watch the video for how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart. Once again, don't miss an episode. Head on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. We have not formally met, I don't think, but okay, I've heard cool. podcasts, so I'm familiar with you. You don't know me, but I'm familiar with you. Oh, that's what you think. I definitely stalked you just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> he does I have do, to do some that. stalking. Cool. Uh, maybe, maybe we should go on your podcast. This is actually your podcast now. So, <laughs> yeah. One day I will have a podcast and you both will be on it.